Well, I'm very appreciative tonight. I, uh, I saw this in your pastor's uh, pictures on Facebook and uh, just so grateful for people that get involved in this shoebox program. It's such a blessing to, to be able to uh, show up at these places and, and just give them a little bit of love. As you guys know, there's nothing in these boxes really that's going to supply them with their needs, so to speak. It's just a matter of showing up after they've experienced such a, a bad disaster when they went through the floods and the hurricanes and the things that they all went through. And just to be able to say that we haven't forgotten about you. Uh, because during the initial um, disaster, when it first happens, you get a lot of people there like the American Red Cross and Samaritan's Purse and those people that show up there. They do a lot of good in a quick, short amount of time, and then two weeks later they're gone. And that's when, you, when reality really starts to set in for those folks that were impacted by that storm and, and, and how lonely they are and how much they've lost and family members they've lost and those things. And, and over the next couple of months, that's when we like to follow up with them and, and bring in things like this and just say, we're we still thinking about you, we're still praying for you. And we still love you. And it means a lot to those folks. I can assure you, it really does. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart who got involved in this program. And um, I think I mentioned last time I was here, uh, we, this is our third year. The first time we had about 200 boxes, just barely did 200. Our church did half of those, I think. Uh, the next year we did almost 600, over 500 that we took to Louisiana. And then this year we've done 1,400, and I ran out of boxes, and people were still requesting them. So uh, I'll just be honest with you. I wouldn't care if we did 5,000 next year, and, and I really believe we can do 2,500. I don't think that's unreal to, to see that happen next year. And, and, and it's just a great blessing. I enjoy doing it. It's, it's fun uh, playing Santa Claus, so to speak, and uh, showing up and, and just, just giving those people the love of Jesus. Um, I was telling my brother a while ago that, my dad, uh, he's, he helps me drive our truck some because he's a retired truck driver. And um, I'd said something about going down to Florida with the boxes. And he said, boy, I was really wanting to do that one myself. So uh, I don't know if I'll be delivering them or him. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's still a great blessing to be able to do that. And, and uh, while I'm on that subject, I want to thank your church for supporting us. It's, it's been quite a few years now that uh, I met Brother Mike and... Uh, came up here and, and uh, introduced the character under construction program for you guys that I was doing in the schools and uh, you guys took us on for support and then even after him leaving and getting your new pastor he decided, decided to continue on with our support and, and we're just so appreciative of that it, it allows us to do so much with so, so little total support that we get uh, so your, your big chunk that we put in there certainly means a lot to us, and we appreciate that so much. And then lastly, but really most importantly, and I could put this one first, and I was sitting down there thinking, um, in, the, in the recent months, really, how much prayer has just really started to mean to me, um, whether I'm doing it for other people or people are doing it for me. Prayer's important. Um, our God is almighty, and he has all the power. But if we're saved, we have that same power within us. How do we tap into that power? Through prayer. Uh, if we want to heal someone, we can have someone healed. He can heal them through our prayer. 
Uh, if we need something, we can have that supplied. The Bible tells us we can. And we get that through prayer. And uh, it, it's very important. So I don't take that lightly. When you guys say you're praying for our ministry, I, I tell you from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that. I really do. We need it. We travel a lot. I'm in the sky. I'm on the road. A lot of dangerous activities I take part in. Just being around airplanes uh, in general. And uh, we need your prayers. And I certainly appreciate it. My wife and I were just talking, I believe, yesterday about how really few things have impacted our family in the last few years. And that's only because we've been covered in prayer. And, and, and I, again, I just want to say I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I'll go ahead and get started. I don't have much for you tonight, I promise. Um, I'm going to be in the book of Amos tonight. It's over there in the Old Testament, in the Minor Prophets, in the book of Amos. I've just got uh, three short points I'm going to preach for you. Then uh, we're going to load up some shoe boxes, so anybody wants to help do that, we'd be much appreciative of that as well. Uh, I'm going to try to do it without them. She's holding up my glasses. I still haven't got used to taking them things on and off yet. I'm not willing to go get a prescription to get bifocals yet either, so we're just uh, sucking it up and doing the best we can for right now. I'm just giving everybody a minute to find this book. It's a little difficult at sometimes. Amos in chapter 7. How about when you find your place, just say amen. Quite a few, all right? Got just a couple turning. So i tell you what, while we're waiting... Again, uh, just to, to thank God for all He's done and all He's going to do tonight, let's go to Him again in the word of prayer before we get started here. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. Lord, I thank You for giving me the opportunity to uh, stand behind this sacred desk one more time, Father. I, I thank this pastor, uh, Lord, for the trust that he's put in me, and Father, for uh, You for the open door for me to be able to be here. And uh, Lord, I also want to take this opportunity to thank you for my precious wife that came with me tonight. It means so much to have her here. Lord, I'm very grateful for that. Lord, I thank you for the people that uh, made the sacrifice to come out on a cold Sunday night. Uh, Got to get prepared for work and, and things they have to do this week, tomorrow, and yet they were still uh, willing to make that sacrifice. That means a lot tonight. I know it means a lot to their pastor, and I know it certainly means a lot to you. And We're just grateful for that tonight. Uh, Lord, again, we're thankful for these boxes and the, the uh, obvious effort that people put into these things to just uh, make them nice for these people that we're going to deliver them to. And Lord, we thank you for that and the, the hands that prepared those. And now, Lord, as we prepare to go into your word, Father, we just pray, God, that you would help me tonight to speak to these people. Lord, hide me behind the cross and speak to their hearts as only you can. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so in the book of Amos... In chapter 7, and there in verse 7, and the Bible says, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them any more. So my first question here for you tonight uh, is, What in the world is a plumb line? And I would imagine most of you here tonight know exactly what it is. But if you don't, it's simply a tool to help you, uh, mostly in construction, if you are setting a door or setting a window, to be able to just hold that thing up there 
and compare it to the existing walls or boards to be able to make sure that whatever you're adding there is straight and true or square. All right, so it's simply a tool. Uh, very easy to make. You could hang a rock on the end of this string or uh, just just a, a nail or just about anything. But regardless, as long as there's gravity, that thing is going to pull down and it's going to hold that string true and you're going to be able to, to make sure that anything that you set into place is straight. That's important. I laid hardwood floors for many years and I could lay down and I call it my calibrated eyeball. And boy, if I could find a straight wall, I'd lay my calibrated eyeball down that wall and lay that first row and get that thing nice and true. And uh, might not be, but just a sixteenth or even a thirty-second off from one end to the other end of this building. But by the time you got over to that side, now you're about an inch off, all right? So the further you go, the worse it gets. What does that mean? It means you better start true, right? You better start things out straight. Uh, so it's very important that we use a tool, and it's important that we use a tool outside of ourselves. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute. So we see the Lord here explaining to Amos that my people have been disobedient. He's talking about the children of Israel here. He said, I've tried and I've tried. It's gotten to the point that I'm just going to have to turn my head. I'm not going to pass by this way anymore. So I'm going to set this plumb line in the midst of my people that they can go by to make sure that they keep themselves straight because I'm not going to be here to do it, all right? Simple question he asked here. Basically, as, as he would ask a child, what seest thou, Amos? What is this thing that you see here? First of all, you can't build without it. Because if you don't start straight and true, as I said before, the further you go, the worse off you're going to be. What does that mean, that brother? That means there are many points in our lives that we better make sure we're using a plumb line to start with or things are really going to be a mess the further we get into them. What exactly are you saying here, brother? Well, for Amos, the Lord pulled out this plumb line and He set it beside this wall as an example. For Christians today... We have our own plumb line. And we need to use this no matter what we're doing to guide our lives and to make sure that however we start, we're doing it straight. And by the way, as long as you're doing it according to this book, it's straight. Amen. We're doing it right. You step outside this book, I can guarantee you, it's not straight anymore. I've gotten to the point, I've been in the ministry uh, over 11 years now, and I remember when I first got started, I was... Uh, probably a little bit dogmatic and legalistic and, and a lot of uh, tradition I would preach. And, and uh, just to be quite honest with you, a lot of that tradition is outside of this plumb line. But I'm to the point now, I've been doing this thing long enough, if it's not in this book, don't preach it to me, I don't want to hear it. Because you're getting outside of that, amen? We want to make sure that everything we do is done according to the plumb line. Again, it's a tool outside of ourselves. We can look at other people, other groups of people. We can look at other churches. We can even look at other independent fundamental Baptists to see how they're doing things. We can use those as a guide or as our plumb line. That doesn't mean that they're doing things right either. 
Again, there's only one true plumb line, one true tool outside of ourselves. And I know I'm uh, reiterating this over and over, and there's a point to that. It's this Bible right here. I want to look now at just a few examples of people who got outside of God's will. Why? Because they weren't using the plumb line according to what God had said. The first I want to look at tonight is Jonah. I want to also stop here for just a minute and think back about the example or or the story I just gave you here out of the Bible of Amos and the Lord stepping up on that wall. I want you to think about what he said there as he used the plumb line and he placed it there for uh, his people Israel. He stepped up on that wall and he said, this wall here was built with a plumb line. All these years, that wall has stood and it's remained stable and it's remained true and it's stayed together to the point that God can still trust its strength and stand on it. Why? Because it was built with a plumb line. From the first brick that they laid there, or block, whatever that thing, it was actually probably made of stone, but from the very first one that was laid, it was straight and it was true, and they would have used a line across there that as they went up, they would have compared that so that if the line was going that way, they would have had to adjust a little bit and straighten that thing up. So each row that they went up, the higher that they went, it was all true the entire time. It was solid, it was true. There were no cracks in between because it was all good and straight and tight. And that's exactly the way we want our walk this morning. That's exactly the way we want our churches tonight. Because I can tell you this, if you leave one little crack back there, the devil will slide right in. we got to make sure that everything we're doing is straight and true according to the Word of God. We know the story of Jonah. He got outside of God's will. Uh, we understand that uh, when he got there on the boat, and those people told him, uh, or, or went to him and asked him rather, what is it that you've done that caused this? And what can we do to stop it? And he simply said, well, it is my fault, and if you'll just throw me overboard, these storms that are going on here, these storms that are beating up against your ship, they'll cease. So what are you saying? I'm saying that sometimes you stepping outside of the lines of the plumb line affect more than just you. As a matter of fact, if we don't make sure that things are going straight according to our plumb line inside of our church, they can affect our church. If they're not straight according to the plumb line in our family, they can most certainly affect our entire family. And another example I'm going to use here tonight, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to get ahead of myself just yet. Again, I told you I've got three points. The question here tonight is, can God trust you? Can God trust you using His tool, His plumb line? He he equipped us when He left. By the way, He said He was coming back. And all we've got to do is make sure that our walk is straight according to His plumb line until He comes back and takes us home again. And by the way, that's not far away. My question tonight, first, is can He trust you first and foremost as a Christian? Man, that's a big question tonight. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. 
Proverbs 23, 7 said, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We need to be careful about the things that we do, the things that we see, the things that we hear. Uh, I, I speak often, as a matter of fact, I just mentioned the other night an evangelist friend of mine who used to pray each and every morning. He said when he woke up, he would pray, God, I pray that you would guide my tongue, that I don't say things today that might hurt other people. Lord, I pray that you would guide my eyes, that I don't look at things that might affect my walk. Lord, I pray that you would guide my hands today, that I don't touch anything unclean. Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, hide my ears from hearing anything that I shouldn't hear. Guide my feet. Don't let me take myself anywhere that I shouldn't be, and so forth and so on. We need to be praying those prayers every day that we don't do something that somebody else is going to see. Because whether you want to be or not, as a Christian, as an ambassador for the King, you're on display. And people are watching. And you can affect a whole lot more people than you even know you're affecting tonight. Philippians 1.27 Only conduct yourselves in a matter worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Ephesians 5.15-17 uh, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do we walk in the Spirit? Are we walking in the Spirit of God? Are we searching for His will? Because I want you to understand the night that once we get outside of His will, He takes that umbrella of grace off of us. And even though we're saved and we can't lose that salvation, we can certainly lose His blessings that are upon our life day by day. We can certainly lose that. we got to stay straight according to God's plumb line. We've got to make sure that we measure up. We are an ambassador to the King. we got to be faithful in prayer. I told you a while ago, that's come, become one of the most important things in my life. And, and I'm certainly uh, guilty of not doing it enough. I think, honestly, if I prayed five, six hours a day, I still don't think that would be sufficient, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that you've got to spend all day praying. The Bible doesn't say that. But it does say that we should stay in a constant state of prayer. So, whether we're actually praying or not, when you're driving down the road and you're, you're thinking about things and meditating on things, are you asking God to just guide your mind throughout the day? Are you asking me to put you in front of that person that needs to be witnessed to today and, and to, to burden your heart, to give you the, the boldness and the unction to speak to that people about the, that person, about the Lord? Are you asking Him to protect your family that day? Are you asking Him to just uh, show you His will for your life so that you can stay uh, inside of His will that you are to receive those blessings? We need to be in that state all day long. We should constantly be Talking to the Lord, because I can tell you this, it's hard for a praying man to sin, ain't it? It's hard for a praying man to sin. You ever thought about that? If you're in a state of prayer, it's going to be pretty hard for you to step outside of that and do something wrong. Start getting away from that prayer life, it's really easy to start veering off and getting outside of that. Be faithful to church. That one's going by the wayside today. Amen. 
since COVID, my wife and I were talking about this recently as well, how COVID affected so many things in our lives from our, our workplaces, uh, stores and restaurants are probably different forever. I, I don't think they'll ever go back to normal, what we consider normal again. Uh, People are different. Uh, some, some are just scared to death to go outside of their homes. Some are, are scared to get in their cars and drive down the road. And some are even scared to come into the house of God. I admire people that come into the house of God. It doesn't matter if you wear a mask or not. Uh, that's totally your decision. But I believe you can still come into the house of God regardless. Amen? I believe if there's anywhere you're going to be protected, it'll be in the house of God. And I know people get sick here. Don't get me wrong. But I'll tell you one thing, if I'm going to get sick, I'd rather get sick here at church than Walmart. Amen? We need to be faithful to the house of God. People say, well, I watch it on, on uh, the internet, and, and thank God that we do at least have that option. We, we're still thankful for that. But I believe this, the Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and that's not just for you. That's not just for you. It says don't forsake yourself, the assembling of yourselves together because you're there to support your pastor. You're there to support those who are going through things in their life. And you're there to pray for those people, to hear those prayer requests. It's important that you take those prayer requests each and every time you come into the house of God because people are suffering. And I told you the one way to tap into God's power for our lives is to pray. We need to hear those prayer requests so we can go home and be praying for those people throughout the week. Listen, I, I've, I've said this many, many times, and, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. There's been times that I, I've been in situations that uh, maybe I just felt lonely or, or maybe I felt a little bit scared, whatever the case may be, when I'm flying around these countries by myself and so forth. And there's been times that I literally feel like I can just feel the prayers of God's people. And it helps me. It encourages me tonight to know that people are praying for me. Very important. We need to be faithful to church. We need to be faithful in prayer. And listen, we need to be faithful in service. I know, especially when we get older, and, and I'm not even quite 50 yet, but I'm already starting to feel the pain we were talking about earlier. Sometimes you, you burn up your life in the, in the first years and then... Uh, those later years, boy, they come hard, and I understand that because I believe I burned mine up in the first 40, so the last uh, eight or nine have been kind of rough, and I know it's, I, I got something to look forward to, right, in the next 30 or 40 uh, if the Lord tarries. Uh, but nonetheless, there are things that we can do. Uh, there's people in my church that do no more than walk down the aisles and shake people's hands when they come through the doors. There's people that do no more than hear prayer requests and write them down and go home and all throughout the week they pray for those people. There's people in our churches that simply write out cards and send them to the sick people. There's people in our church that do no more than cook. But each and every little thing that those people do is just as important as everything that I do. Not everybody can go to the mission field. Not everybody can drive trucks. Not everybody can work on airplanes. Not everybody can do the things that some other people do, but you can certainly do something, amen? We need to be faithful in service because Jesus is coming soon. I can assure you of that. Furthermore, we need to be faithful 
Because as I told you before, when you go out and you get in your car and you start that thing up on Sunday morning, and Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and choir practice, and Christmas plays, and programs in the church, and going on trips with the church, that neighbor, man, they're up in the blinds watching. Wonder what they're doing down there at that church house now. They sure stay down there at that church house a lot. Hey, man, that's my family down there. I like going down there. That's my friends down there. And we need to be faithful to that. Why? Because people are watching. And that one day when they come up and they have problems in their own life, you know who they're going to come to? Every time they're going to come to you. It doesn't matter if they're a so-called atheist or not. Boy, they start going through trouble in life, you better believe they're going to come knock on your door and ask you if you'll pray for them. That might be your opportunity to take them down to the church house too. We need to be faithful in service. According to the plumb line, can God trust you tonight as a Christian? Second, and I believe this is important, you may think, well, that doesn't seem to fit the bill here. Second is, can God trust you at the workplace? And uh, looking around, I would imagine a lot of you are probably retired and you stay at home now. Some people work and stay at home for work, and that's okay. People are still watching. But I want you to know that God can take ordinary people, put them in an ordinary place like a job site, and do extraordinary things with that person. I mentioned earlier that uh, at one of our other churches, we had a friend there, a dear precious friend, and his wife uh, worked at a plant there close by uh, for years, and uh, after she retired, there were people that would call her and say, Sister, we know you never told us that you did it, but we sure miss seeing those tracks laying all over the plant. See, she didn't tell anybody that she was the one that was laying those tracks out, but all of a sudden when she retired, they were gone. And people noticed, and people missed that. What a testimony to know that people actually noticed that those tracks weren't laying there anymore because this dear lady was gone. She was being a servant even at the workplace. Can God trust you for it? Ephesians 6, 5, and 6 says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. You may be here tonight and absolutely despise your job. You may be here tonight and you absolutely love your job. But regardless of how you feel about it, we have to remember that we're working for somebody else for 8 to 12 hours a day. And there our master. But even above that, we have to remember that we're working for somebody else 24-7, 365. So no matter where we're working or what we're doing as a job, we need to still be representing the king. Amen? Now this is where I got stepped on a little bit. How do you measure up? Not this part, but the one coming. Are you the same person when you get to work on Monday morning as you were Sunday night in church? Because I see a lot of people that go to church and, and my wife works for a pretty big company and she sees the same thing. People who are one person when they're in church, but they seem to be a little different person at work the next day. Seen those people? 
We need to be sure that when we're at the workplace, we're being the same representative, the same Christian that we were in the church place. Amen? I have a, a, a spout off at the mouth issue, personally. I, I, I'm working on it. God's helped me a long ways, but I still got a long ways to go. And I don't really like for somebody to yell at me or snap at me. I just don't take that too well. Even when it's a boss man. And I have had times that I would snap back at my boss man and God would slap me right across the face and say, wait a minute. He's still in charge of you. And he's right. And it doesn't matter if that person is younger than you. If they have zero experience and you've been doing your job for 50 years, it doesn't matter. God put that person in a position of authority over you for a reason. And that's no different than the man that stands behind this pulpit every Sunday and preaches to you. We should show submission to our pastors and we should show submission to that boss man as well. And we need to, again, be a representative at the workplace. If I went down to your workplace or your previous workplace or some of the places that you hang out during the week when you're outside of church, and I simply said, what do you think about such and such? Would they even say, that I know this, I know they're a Christian. Think about that. How do you measure up as a testimony? As a worker, are you respectful? Are you humble? Are you obedient? Are you faithful? And are you loyal? I certainly know uh, church folks that uh, lay out of work or they come into work and they're just lazy people or they've got filthy mouth and you stand around the water cooler, so to speak, and they're telling dirty jokes. Uh, listen, we can't be involved in that mess. We're still ambassadors of Christ. We're still Christians. We still need to be living our lives, whether we're at the home place or the workplace or the church place, with that plumb line in place. Amen? We need to maintain... Uh, our appearance and who we are regardless of where we are. We'll just go on. I'll move on here for the sake of time. Can God trust you tonight as a parent? Uh, and I'm going to extend this tonight because there are quite a few older folks in here tonight including my wife and I who have grandparents, who, who are grandparents, have grandkids. And I believe that's Probably, I know in my life, uh, probably more important than who my parents were because my grandparents had more influence on me than even my, my mom did, uh, my mom and my dad. Um, I, I think this is probably the biggest aspect, talking about being a parent or a grandparent, uh, and such a privilege. Uh, what a privilege that God would trust us with one of His precious children, a new life, to raise them up in the admiration of the Lord. And I would hate to think that I failed at that. As a matter of fact, I know what it feels like to fail at that. Because with our son, I didn't do so well. Because we weren't walking with the Lord during those years. And there are some regrets there. And we're very thankful that he turned out to be such a great man. And, and now is raising our precious, perfect, do absolutely no wrong grandkids. Right? Grand twin girls even. 
three-year-olds. <laughs> but they're, they're a blessing. But it, it's, it's so good to see because even though we weren't walking as we should have been walking, nowhere close, that boy was still being faithful to church. And he got saved at an early age. And the Bible tells us in 20, Proverbs 22, 6, that if we'll raise up a child in the way he should go, that as he, when he gets older, he'll not depart from that. They'll come back. Amen. We can pray them back. And thank God he did. But our girls have never really seen us step too far outside of God's plumb line, and we're very thankful for that. And they've turned out to be pretty good kids. And they, and they don't always. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we know kids go wayward. But I still believe my Bible. I still believe that story of the prodigal son. And I still believe even if you have a child that's wayward tonight, I believe that day will come that that child will come back because that's what my Bible tells me is going to happen. Amen? Regardless, if they're saved, they're always saved. Thank God. I'm glad that he trusted me to be a parent. Uh, we're, these, the children that we're raising, we're either going to make or we're going to break the next generation. And, and I'll tell you the same thing I told uh, in, in our church this morning, and you certainly know it's no secret. Boy, our schools are in trouble. Uh, and, and we really, as, as Christians and as citizens, we need to really stand up and be sure that we get involved in elections uh, that have to do with our school systems. Uh, it, it's, it's one thing that even all of us sitting out here during our lifetimes, uh, we, we knew that there were things going on in the school and there were uh, drugs and alcohol issues within the schools, that's always been an issue. Not really a big thing, even though it's gotten worse over the years, I believe, and with the new types of drugs that have come out and, and how addictive they are. And it's very sad to see, uh, honestly, not, not as much the kids as, as the parents of those children who are addicted to drugs. And now those kids who come to school don't have daddy at home anymore. Why? Because when I go into the prisons and the jails, I talk to daddy there. You'd be amazed at some of the things I've seen in some of these local schools, and half of them are in my back door. It's sad. And now, God help us, these kids are starting to identify as cats and dogs and all the things that are going on in the schools, and supposedly they're petitioning for dog bowls in the cafeteria so they can... Uh, eat out of the water bowls like a dog does? What in the world? Uh, this, is, this is true story. These things are happening in our schools. It's a scary society. So we certainly need to be careful to be a Christian influence over our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, even, even our friends, our, our kids' friends. Just got word tonight that a dear little girl that uh, my kids go and pick up every Sunday morning that they can. They pick this little girl up. She's two? Three? Is she three now? Picks this little three-year-old girl up from her parents. And they're good people. They're just not Christian people. But they go pick that little girl up every chance they get, and they take her to church. And we've been loving on that little girl, and she loves going to Sunday school. And, and she asks her daddy, when, when are they coming to pick me up to take me to church? Just got word tonight that she's going to be moving off to Michigan. We're not going to have that opportunity anymore. But I just hope and pray, even as a little three-year-old girl, that we got to instill something in that child that she's going to come back to at a, at a later time. It's very important that we have an influence in those things. 
TV shows, Lord help us. We gotta we gotta guard our houses. We gotta guard our TVs. Uh, it, it's scary to. Uh, you know, I, I told the church this morning. It's one thing that we guard the shows that we watch, but my heavens, the commercials that come on between the shows are just as bad as the TV shows we're watching. And uh, all these commercials with AIDS and men and women kissing on each other and things that I we would have never seen. Uh, in the younger generations on TV. Uh, it's just nobody's ashamed anymore and, and they'll show anything anywhere at any time and, and it's just a scary thing to even turn the TV on anymore. And I've already cut out the news. We don't even watch that anymore. And uh, it, it's, it's, uh, you, you just have to be really guarded. And Lord knows we need to, to guard our computers and our devices and uh, watch what our kids are doing on those, and I'm not even going to go into that tonight. Um, I, I just, I'm going to finish up with this. I want to say this. My kids, and, and they're not perfect by any means whatsoever, and I know that they could, Lord knows, they, they could go wayward tonight. I'm just using them as, as an example because I know, uh, I've seen how they grew up, and I know the mistakes that we've made and the things that we've done good, but I can tell you this to the best of my ability. Daddy's always had that plumb line there by the door for my girls. You see, there's no argument when my girls get ready to walk out the door as to whether their skirt's too short. Because it's real simple. Honey, you just get that plumb line and you let me know how it lines up. And there's no argument about where they're going to go that night or whether they're going to be in a car by themselves with a boy. Because we can just pull out the plumb line. And Daddy don't have to say a thing. God can fight that battle for me. Listen, i got to ask you tonight, are you using a plumb line in every area of your life? A plumb line is a tool outside of ourselves. So we can ask somebody else their opinion. The problem i found is everybody believes in something, but nobody believes in the same thing. You can ask ten people their opinion on a verse of Scripture in the Bible, and I guarantee you, you'll get at least eight different opinions. Then what do we do, brother? Just stick with your plumb line. That's all you got to do. Interpret that to the best of your ability. If God said it, believe it. If it's not in here, stay away from it. Use this to guide your life each and every day. Everything you do, every minute of the day. And I promise you this, you can't go wrong. And then before I end tonight, i got to say this. I wouldn't be a preacher if I didn't. If you're not saved, if there's never been a time in your life that you can go back to and that you remember that time that you got along with, Jesus, with, with the Lord in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your personal Savior, you repented of your sins, not because you're perfect and not because you thought you would be perfect, but because you had the desire to be like Him. If there's never been a time that you've done that, then I want to ask you tonight as we're closing... Would you come up here and get things right? And if you don't want to come up here to the front of the church, you say, maybe that's a little too embarrassing. That's okay. You stay right there at your seat and you do business with the Lord at your seat. It's real simple. Lord, I'm a sinner because we all come short of the glory of God. Father, I just want to be more like You. And I want to know that when I close my eyes, when I take my last breath, that it's going to be sudden death, but sudden glory. Would You save me? It's that simple tonight. It's a free gift. If you've never accepted it, I'm asking you to accept it here tonight.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. I thank you for the attentive of this, the attentiveness of this small crowd tonight. Lord, for just giving me the words I believe you would have me uh, speak up here tonight. And Father, we just pray, God, that you would help us to apply it to our hearts as we go outside these four doors, Lord. Uh, Father, as we're in the workplace this week, as we're in the home place, uh, no matter where we go, Father, I pray, God, that we'll think about that plumb line. We'll ask ourselves, Lord, and, and myself included, I, I might be the chief of sinners here tonight. Lord, are, are we truly using the plumb line as a guide in our life? Father, if we're not, I pray that you would just bring that message back to our mind and remind us one more time that we need to walk a little straighter. Father, we pray, God, that you'd be with each and every one in the house here tonight, Lord, as they go their separate ways. Father, I pray, God, that you would bless them throughout their week. Lord, help them. Father, there were many prayer requests made here tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd have your will and your way with each and every one. And Lord, again, if there's one here tonight that's not saved, we pray that you'd save them before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to close out with that tonight, but I want to say this. Uh, I'm closing the invitation here at the church. That doesn't close the invitation according to God and in your hearts. If you're not saved and you're on your way home and you feel like you're being convicted and uh, you, you call out to God right there driving down the road, it's, it's very easy to do. And I promise you this, He'll be faithful and just to answer. Amen. Thank you guys for having me here tonight. And again, thank you for all that you do for us and for our ministry. We love you.